Hey guys, thank you for checking in for episode 20. Today's episode, we're going through a question that was actually sent through to us by one of our Instagram polls on our stories, and we wanted to find out more on how we can help. Basically, what happened was we asked a question on our stories saying, are you struggling to get results or get started? And this particular person said, hey, look, I'm actually struggling to get results. I'm training five days a week. And I want to know what I can do to make sure I am getting more strength and also building muscle. So listen to this episode. If you have any questions, please don't be afraid to ask me on Instagram because we actually do listen. This is how this podcast actually came to life. So pay attention, write down any notes that you have. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask us. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. We're a little bit live earlier today because I actually had someone ask me a question and I thought I'm actually going to record this one right now. And then later at six o'clock, we're going to actually go through with our band at Instagram Live later on and talking about cardio. So for today, we're talking about a question that was sent to me. It was actually a really good question. I really enjoyed it. Hi, Carol. Hi, Roz. Thank you for joining us. Rose, sorry. So today's question is actually about how do we find progress that is beyond the weight? Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining us. And I had a particular person go, hey, look, I'm struggling to get some weight. And I put a, I actually put a poll out later, earlier in the week. And I asked people, are you struggling to get results or are you start struggling to get started? And this particular person goes, I'm actually struggling to get results. So I asked them, what are you struggling with? What are you training? And how can we get you there? So just to give you a bit of a, a lowdown. So this particular person, she was saying how she was struggling to get results. She's weight training five times a week. She's gained five kilos in the last five weeks. And we're going to go through that in a little bit more detail. But she's not getting toned. And at this point in time, not calorie counting. So we go, hey, look, how can we help you get there? How can we help you get results? So let's give you a little bit more background of this, okay? So at the moment, on Mondays, we're doing weights training. And we're training five days a week. The first one that we're doing, and sorry about the vibration. Let me actually fix that up right now before that starts to go through. So... What we're doing at the moment is uh, we're doing legs on a Monday and Tuesday we're doing upper body, which is push and pull. Then after that, on Wednesdays, we're doing legs again. And Thursdays, we're doing arms and shoulders. On Friday, we're doing full body or we're doing legs. And then after that, we're resting for about two days. This is something that's uh, not uncommon. Five days a week, that's quite a lot of training if you ask me. And uh, this particular person said to me, hey, look, I'm getting stronger, but I don't know how hard to push. And should I be keeping up with the same exercises? So I'm going to break this down into four points on how you can know you are making results on the way that you're doing things, okay? Because we all want to make sure that when we're training, we're we're basically doing the right thing, right? We don't want to be wasting our time in the gym. We don't want to be uncertain about things. We want to know that we're getting there. We want to know, are we doing the right thing or are we doing damage? Because we don't want to be hurt. Most of us don't want to be hurt anyway. So the first thing is getting toned. This particular person said to me, I don't know if I'm actually making progress. I have gained five kilos in five weeks, but I'm not getting toned. Now, first of all, five kilos in five weeks, that's obviously quite a bit. And a little bit of background of that, um, this particular person forgot or accidentally bought a mass gainer, so extra carbohydrates in your diet, but that can't be a bad thing. It's not going to, unless you are pushing a weight that you don't want to be, this could actually particularly help you in your, in your particular situation. So, Being in a surplus is a good thing because if for those who don't know, there's three things. You're either in a caloric surplus, in a caloric maintenance, or caloric deficit. Now, in a caloric surplus, you're going to be gaining muscle. There is absolutely no doubt about that, or you're going to give yourself the best percentage to be able to build muscle in a surplus 
while training hard and getting stronger, which we'll touch base later. But how else can you know if you're taking the right steps to make the right progress? So you can't see the toning, I understand that. So why not take some progress photos and have a look at them in the journey of things? Because everything can't be seen from one week to another week. And sometimes you can't even see it from week two and week three. And you definitely can see it between week one and week five. So these are small little things that you can do to know are you making progress? Because progress happens beyond the scales. Even though you gained five kilos in five weeks, we know that some of that might be fat. That's okay. That's no problem at all. It gives you a better fighting position or put yourself in a higher percentage to be able to build muscle and track your progress accordingly. Now, number two, your program. You're training five days a week and there's three days of legs. That's awesome. You may as well do powerlifting, honestly. But let's just say you're not doing powerlifting. I'm pro powerlifting as well for those of you out there, or at least using the template of powerlifting. So strengths-based outcomes, we love to push strengths-based outcomes. And for those of you who don't know what I mean is you should have at least two or three exercises that you should be basing things off. Maybe a squat, maybe a bench, maybe a deadlift, maybe bodyweight push-ups on your toes. If you can't do those, then that should be your first goal for every single person who's listening to me right now. Make sure you know how to do bodyweight push-ups on your toes. And then after that, maybe a chin-up or a pull-up. I think chin-ups and pull-ups and also push-ups Those are just such effective exercises to know if your strength-based training program is helping you because you want to make sure that your strength is meeting towards ratios of your body weight. Anyway, I digress. So when you're training now, you want to make sure you have some sort of outcome to help you get there. So I highly recommend squat, bench, and deadlift because they're so easy. You don't need equipment. They're less demoralizing as well, honestly. Because if you can't do a push-up or a pull-up, you end up just going up and down two centimeters or you might be breaking your face on the floor, figure of speech, not actually. But it is so much good to be able to know if you're progressing. So where can you find this now? Just for example, if you're brand new to, say, barbell back squats, we're going to use the typical five sets of five. Why? Because it's the easiest thing to explain. Say from week one, you did five sets of five and you did 25 kilos. Then after that, you did five sets of five and you did 30 kilos. Then after that, you did five sets of five and you did 35 kilos and you found 35 kilos to be challenging. That's okay. Maybe what we can do now is bring it back down. So we go three sets, five sets of five. Instead of going back to 25 kilos, we go to 30 kilos. Then next week, we go five sets of five, 35 kilos. Then five sets of five, 40 kilos. You found that hard now and we bring it back down again. Can you see how we're taking like three steps forward to take two steps back to make three steps forward to take two steps back? We're always going up by one, but making sure that we can look after ourselves. Now, knowing that you can get that weight is so important. It's great to do because now you're giving yourself time to recover, giving time to get stronger. And then obviously you've also made time to make progress in the sense of building strength, which will help you guess what? Get more tone, build more muscle. Okay. I I can't recommend that anymore for anyone else out there. How are other ways that you can start to know if you're making progress is if the weight that you're using is not as heavy as it used to be. So I love tracking people using RPEs. For those who don't know who RPEs are, I'll explain to you real briefly. An RPE is basically how many more reps you can do after that set. So say if you've done three sets of 10, 
and you did 10 kilos of whatever the exercise might be and you could not do any more, that's an RPE 10, okay? Absolutely nothing left. But if you were able to do, say, one more rep left, that's RPE 9. If you can maybe do two more reps, that's RPE 8.5. So now that if you're tracking that and next week you do the same weight with the same exercise and you're like, hey, look, I could do like five more, great. You just got stronger and guess what? Your body has made an adaptation to help you build muscle and guess what? long term down the track you'll get more toned so that will help you out as well now if you get stuck on rpes there is another thing that we can use we call it reps in reserve it's just another word and another reverse of rpe so to speak so for example if you could do one more rep left in the tank and you just didn't do it that's called an r uh, one rep in reserve two reps two reps in reserve could do three more reps three reps in reserve as your reps in reserve tend to increase that means that you are getting stronger as long as the weight isn't going down. Now, if for those of you who don't know, if your weight goes up, typically your reps should go down because it's difficult, okay? But if you can still maintain that weight and increase the reps as well, your reps in reserve tend to go down and also you're getting stronger. So that's another indicator if you're making progress. But a big question that you also asked was, how hard should I push myself? How hard should I push myself before I hurt myself? Because I don't want to hurt myself when training. And look, most people don't. That's a very good thing to say. There are two things that you should be looking for. The first thing is technique. If you're doing technique, then I want you to focus less on RPEs and reps and reserve and make sure your proficiency is there. Now, you may not understand what proficiency is in a movement. I used to think I knew all about my proficiency until I got a coach who looked at my proficiency and said, not as ideal. Same thing with other people that I, I train as well. I say, make sure you film it because you may think you're doing it right. It may feel like you're doing it right, but it doesn't mean that you actually are doing it right because you yourself can only compare yourself to you. And then what you see and what someone who's more experienced sees are two different things. So it's very important to be able to have someone that you can bounce ideas off or at least know that you're not going to hurt yourself. So that's your technical part, sorry, before you start pushing yourself more. If you're very confident on your technique and you want to push yourself even more, then you can start using the reps and reserve or the RPE scale. For the sake of complexity or simplicity, should I say, I'm actually going to use the reps and reserve. So if you want to be able to push yourself a little bit, I recommend having about two reps left in a tank to maybe one rep left in a tank, depending on the exercise, maybe even three reps, okay? Because these are so useful to let you know that, hey, are you burning out? Are you pushing yourself hard enough? And this is also how you can tell the people who, who still go to commercial gyms, should I say. Um, you can tell how people are doing some exercises like this with their two kilo dumbbells and they're like, yeah, I'm working out hard and they just did 50 reps, but they can still do another 10 more. That means they're not pushing themselves hard enough. The body's not getting enough of a stimulus for you to be able to have the adaptation of growth or your body to change through, okay? But they might be feeling more confident, so don't judge them just yet. The third part is you were saying how exercises can be quite confusing because when you go out onto the Instagrams, you see all these unique, weird exercises, okay? I hate them. I'm not going to lie. I do. It gets confusing because you see something, it looks fancy, people want to make sure they can try and you know, name an exercise after themselves, but I'm not going to lie, there's basically you know, six to eight forms of exercise that everyone should be able to do. It's an overhead push, an overhead pull, it is a vertical push, vertical pull, it's a 
leg-based exercise that you're pushing. It's a hip hinge. It's a core-based exercise. And also I like to put carries in as well. So those are my eight exercises. I think those eight exercises will take you very far unless you need something more sport-specific. And then from there, basically, I do actually agree to a certain extent if you should be changing exercises, but not off those eight. Now, that's because those eight exercises are categories, okay? So how do you start to make changes in exercises to help you grow, help you become stronger, help you, you know, basically give the stimulus of your body to be able to make those changes that you want? Honestly, it's nice and simple. Either add more sets, more reps, more weight, reduce your rest, or increase your tension, okay? So let's go through each of these examples. We call it the FIT principle. So the frequency is how many times you train. So in your program, you train legs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So that's one way of how you can get your legs to grow. You train your legs more often frequency. Then the other way is the intensity, the I. Intensity is regarding to things like, are you increasing your weight? Because if you're doing squats with, say, 10 kilos all the time, then your body is going to adjust. You need to go from 10 kilos to 12 kilos, 12 kilos to 15 kilos, and I mean in the space of, say, 6 to 8 weeks or whatever your strength-based pro- strength based program is prescribed to you, you can help yourself get stronger, but you need to make sure you're getting some sort of strength increase along the way. So that's intensity. Type, so that's a type of exercise or I like to call it tension. You might be just doing straight reps, one, 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 up, down, up, down. Another way that you can actually do this is by increasing your tension. So a good way to do this is three seconds the way down, straight up push. Three seconds the way down, straight up push. Now I'm talking about the example of maybe like a squat. When you're doing this, what you can do is control the tension on the way down. What we're doing is now we're loading what we call the eccentric or the lengthening phase. And what this means is that your muscles start to stretch more and they stretch more and they stretch more and then you push. Now, for those of you who don't know what that means, it means it helps you get more of a hypertrophic effect. Fancy word for building muscles. I apologize for that. I'm just very used to using this terminology. So the more that you can stretch those muscles out through strength-based training or through any sports that you do as well, we're going to keep it into strength-based training. The more that you can get these little microfiber tears into your muscles, and that's what building muscle actually does. You're actually tearing these muscle fibers just by little bits. Eccentric loading actually does that the most. Now, from there, your muscles get really sore, and then they start to heal after you eat and after you sleep. Okay, make sure you understand that you do that. It's important for you to be able to do this because now this is going to help you get the new stimulus that your body's not used to. So maybe if you've never done an exercise before, you get really sore. Now, I'm not saying that soreness is the number one indicator that you're going to grow muscles. Not everyone gets super, super sore. But your body doesn't get used to a new stimulus unless you've introduced it and you're not used to it. Okay, I've just repeated that twice. I apologize. So this new stimulus can be eccentric-based training. It can be any of those fit principles that we utilize right there. Now, I've given you like four basic ones, really, but you don't need to use all of them at once. And if I'm being absolutely honest, the only ones that I've used over the next, what, the last 10 years was actually sets, reps, and weight. 
And then after that, I started increasing on intensity, sorry, on frequency. And then probably in the last two years, that's training year number nine and training year number 10, I've actually started using things like isometrics, that's you know, pushing hard with no movement. Then I've started using eccentrics, which is what I mentioned before with three seconds on the way down. And then after using like things like accommodating resistance using chains and bands as well. Not 100% necessary because all of them, if you use them all, you start to adjust to them and then you have no trump cards to use later on in your life. Okay, so uh, make sure you understand that. Now, the last part that you're mentioning was about nutrition. You're not counting macros, you're not counting calories, but you are taking protein supplements, which I think is not a problem. For myself, I really recommend that you don't have to do it. I do recommend it. It's a strong, powerful tool for at least one or two weeks that you understand at least your caloric intake and then some sort of macro breakdown as well. So that could be like at least your protein. You want to know what you need to hit because if you're, say, for example, gaining five kilos for the last five weeks, that's one kilo average per week. And it starts to grow and grow and grow. And so you get used to that appetite of eating that much. And you want to reduce it, but you don't want to drop five kilos in five weeks. How do we start to get you to drop that weight without feeling the effects of dieting and feeling lethargic or feeling hungry? How do we do it methodically, okay, with method? So it's a long-term versus short-term. I do recommend that some people understand at least protein, carbs, and fats and how to count calories. Um, if you want to be really, really good with it and do it every single day, that's up to you. But I think it's worth doing at least for one to three weeks and get the understanding of what you eat, how you eat, how many calories you eat. And then from there, you get to understand what things are going as well. Well, I hope that really helped you out. Um, I hope that helped anyone else out there as well because progress does happen a little bit slowly and maybe you're just not re realizing that you are getting results. Um, because the typical things that most people look at is, first of all, how do clothes fit? Am I getting stronger? And then after that, has my weight changed? If you're looking at all three things, you'll be okay. If you're only looking at one of those three things, it makes it harder. And then for absolute beginners, I always like to say, make sure you track your habits first because it's like trying to tell someone, hey, look, go get 90%. But you need to find out not what you need to do to get to 90% of this test. You need to know when can you study? When can you sleep? When can you retain? When can you read some more? When can you meet with your study group? Those little actionable goals to attend actually end up helping you get the result. But telling someone to go get 90% in your next exam, not quite useful, okay? So I wanted to give you more tools to use for you to be able to help you long-term. Like I said, all these things here, especially like with that training with the FIT principle, I utilized maybe two of those for the first five years of my training. But how do you keep yourself motivated is another thing too. I'm not going to go into that because I will be able to talk all night. Hopefully that was helpful to anyone out there. I will be back on live again in 20 minutes talking about cardio and should we do it. And uh, if you want to join me on Facebook as well, it'll be on there. If not, just send me a DM and we can join us to our Facebook group. Thank you, everybody, and have a great night.